Welcome, dear listeners, to the sixth episode of MostRocks.com, an independent media project focused on publishing curated voice casts and audio summaries of investment letters, reports and interviews by well-renowned investors and asset managers. In this episode, we will be featuring the audio summaries of investment letters by two fantastic fund managers we admire, David Waters of Alluvial Capital and Ryan O'Connor of Crossroads Capital. Before we begin, a quick disclaimer. None of our MostRocks.com summaries or materials is an investment, legal or financial advice, and none of it is a recommendation for purchasing any securities. If you would like to follow our audio summaries of investment letters or investment calls or investment interviews, please subscribe to our free weekly email at MostRocks.com or follow us on Twitter.com slash MostRocksWeekly. MostRocks voicecasts are also available at Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean and major podcast platforms. And now let's jump straight to our first investment letter audio summary featured in this episode. Third quarter 2023. Special investment update by Crossroads Capital. Published on November 21st, 2023. Short summary of the investment letter. This special update by Crossroads Capital addressed to its clients seeks to give some much-needed color to recent market event. With the fund having made up most of last month's losses as of November 21st, 2023, a portfolio manager expresses his confidence that it has managed recent volatility with more positives than negatives and the current portfolio opportunities are better than ever. In fact, the portfolio manager notes that Crossroads Capital holds multiple names trading below five times normalized cash flow, which in no uncertain terms are on a path to three to five times in the next few years given the upward trajectory of their earnings. The special update provides the portfolio manager's discussion on four holdings, Calumet Specialty Products Partners, ticker CLMT, Nintendo, ticker NTDOY, History Group PLC, ticker VTY listed in London, and R1RCM, ticker RCM. First company featured in the special update is Calumet Specialty Products Partners, ticker CLMT. Calumet has emerged as an exciting investment this earnings season, making it a standout in the fund's long-term portfolio. The company faced some challenges before reporting its earnings, causing a sharp uptick in share price volatility and providing an opportunity to significantly increase the fund's position in CLMT. Firstly, Calumet announced a temporary shutdown of a plant in its specialty sector due to a now-resolved issue which cost the company an estimated 3,000 barrels in specialty product production. There was also a short-term problem at Montana Renewables. Despite these temporary setbacks, the company quickly addressed operational issues and even used this downtime to undertake scheduled maintenance work originally planned for the following year demonstrating proactive management. Secondly, Calumet's shares experienced a sharp drop, going from $16 to $12.50 within a day. This price dip was not a reflection of the company's performance but was due to forced selling. This incident triggered drastic price volatility, which the fund manager capitalized on by increasing the fund's investment at the lowest point. Lastly, Calumet has announced its plan to transition from a master limited partnership to a C corporation, which is expected to drive a substantial surge in demand for Calumet's shares in the next year. This transition should also resolve long-standing worries regarding management alignment and governance. Despite some temporary operational challenges, including the plant issue which caused unexpected downtime in production loss, Calumet's leading segment posted around $38 million in EBITDA for the quarter. Although the quarter did not meet the fund manager's full expectations, these issues did not warrant the sharp negative reaction in Calumet's share price. To put this into perspective, Calumet currently trades at around $15 per share, but Montana Renewables alone could be valued between $30 to $45 per share. Anticipating a series of promising events such as Montana Renewables demonstrating its first clean quarter and Calumet becoming a C-Corp, the management maintains high hopes for the company's progress. It is expected that in 2024, company stock will build up significant momentum as its value continues to grow more apparent. Also, the upcoming Montana Renewables monetization event and Calumet's transition to a C-Corp are anticipated to attract more investors in the near future.
Next position discussed in the special update is Vistry Group PLC ticker VTY listed in London. Vistry Group is a notable position in the investment fund, with recent announcements affirming the belief that the business is set to significantly grow through its unique partnerships engine. Vistry Group is an undervalued house-building company that boasts robust competitive advantages and impressive returns on capital. Unlike other housing enterprises, Vistry's growth does not rely on housing cycles or interest rates, and it addresses the acute housing shortage issue in the UK, which is significantly more severe than in the US. Recent news reports mention that Vistry inked a deal to construct 2,900 homes for a whopping $820 million for rental firms Leaf Living and Sage Homes, supported by funds managed by Blackstone. This significant deal marks a turning point for Vistry illustrating its ability to scale its partnership's house-building division at an unprecedented speed. Investments from giants like Blackstone and other rental organizations, backed by distinguished firms such as Goldman Sachs and KKR, are indicative of the increasing demand for affordable rental homes. The recent deal further emphasizes Vistry's ability to carry out these large-scale building projects efficiently. Despite the promising developments and future prospects, Vistry's market cap remains low at just $2.8 billion, making it a highly appealing opportunity considering its projected earning power. As it transitions into a pure-play partnerships entity with an NV or like capital return policy, its potential value is further unlocked. The recent appointments on Vistry's board and the strides made since its acquisition of Countryside indicate significant long-term potential. Actions taken and the company's culture echo that of NVR's successful strategies. As a result, Vistry could potentially become a wealth-generating giant in the housing sector. The future projection suggests that Vistry's equity value could multiply fivefold over the next half-decade. The fund sees Vistry as an attractive growth business managed by a top-notch team dedicated to unlocking massive value in the short term, and it is trading at a highly appealing valuation. Overall, Vistry's unique positioning, strong operating performance and consistent capital returns persuade the fund to maintain its significant investment in the company. Next company featured in Crossroads Capital's special update is Nintendo. Ticker NTDOY. Nintendo remains a momentous investment with a pending opportunity for tremendous cash flows and investor development. The company is on the doorstep of unveiling the Switch 2 console, which if successful, will discredit the cyclicality infamy Nintendo has been associated with in the past. Despite an aging Switch console, Nintendo reported its highest trailing 12-month revenue and operating profit figures due an increase in online and digital sales. At any rate, with another quarter on the books, Nintendo is slowly but surely sending classic bear arguments into hibernation. Nintendo just printed the highest trailing 12-month revenue and operating profit figures in the Switch platform's history, seven years into an aging console cycle. Despite having released only one top-tier first-party system seller over the previous 12 months, rather than the more typical three to four. It's not just the top and bottom lines that stubbornly refuse to cyclically revert to the mean. The latest quarterly results show steady growth in every KPI that matters. Annual playing users, Nintendo Switch Online members, digital sales, etc. all continue heading up into the right quarter after quarter, year after year. Nintendo's decision to build a digital ecosystem around its Switch platform, alongside its continuous software releases, like Sony did with PlayStation, has let the Switch do what no other Nintendo system has ever done, maintain high engagement throughout its life cycle. As we've long argued, this ecosystem is driving consistent revenue and margin growth as the transition to digital and online subscriptions continues to play out. First and third-party monetization at Nintendo is set to soar in the years ahead. Digital revenue from the eShop and Nintendo's App Store hiding in plain sight should surge in lockstep with Switch 2 adoption thanks to normalization of its first-party software release slate and a massive step change increase in the availability of AA a third-party software that will be unlocked by the Switch 2's more powerful hardware. Nintendo's IP content flywheel is finally in full effect. The mobile and IP entertainment segments revenue soared 133% year-over-year due to continued contributions from the Super Mario Bros. movie and increases from recurring royalty income from theme parks and merchandise. Quarter-over-quarter improvement was equally impressive, 
with IP revenue rising from $213 million in the first quarter to $366 million in the second quarter. Finally, Nintendo announced that it's developing a live-action movie based on its hit video game franchise The Legend of Zelda. The film will be co-financed by Nintendo and Sony Pictures Entertainment, with Sony handling distribution. Production this time around will be shared between Miyamoto and legendary producer Avi Arad, the man who made Marvel Studios a success by creating the modern superhero movie. The bottom line is that arguments Nintendo would face a cyclical reversion in revenue and profit like it did during prior console changeovers, and would shy away from the proper monetization of its gold-plated portfolio of unrivaled IP over the last three years, have been obliterated as we approach the imminent reveal of the Switch 2. Better still, with the stock rising 12% in Tokyo in the aftermath of the second quarter report, the fund manager's speculation earlier this year that the company will build up to a visual content cadence of releasing at least one new movie per year was confirmed. This is a huge deal, considering that with its share of the box office and digital home entertainment receipts the long tail of recurring revenue from monetization of its films after these windows expire, and the network effect on software sales, Nintendo's visual content segment will be worth $15 billion at an absolute minimum. The fund manager emphasizes that this is almost 50% of the company's entire current enterprise value. Positive optionality like this continues to be valued at zero. And this does not even touch on the uplift to Nintendo's after-tax equity value from higher monetization of first- and third-party software sales, or all its other core earnings engines set to propel its equity higher in the years ahead. For example, if one ascribes the 2.1 and 1.8 tie ratios of the last two years to the collapse in 1P software releases related to the delays in the Switch 2's release, the 3 to 3.5 tie ratio pre-pandemic should hold true for Switch 2 as well. Notably, early in the original Switch's cycle the tie ratio got above 4, but our point here is simply that if we bump up the tie ratio to 3.25 times to account for a normalization in the first-party software release pipeline, it adds another $1.50 to $2.0 billion in earnings per annum from financial year 2024 to 2027. Indeed, the fund manager's most conservative model shows the value would increase by $30 billion. Again, Nintendo's EV today is a mere $35 billion, and that's before one considers the step change increase in the availability of AAA third-party software released with the Switch 2. The fourth and the last company profiled in Crossroads Capital special update is R1RCM ticker RCM. R1RCM, a key holding in the fund, experienced a significant reduction in its share price, creating cause for concern. Around a month prior to the earnings disclosure, the stock fell sharply from $15 to $11 per share. Although a small RCM client declaring bankruptcy was identified as a potential reason, this was previously acknowledged by the company in prior quarters. However, shortly thereafter, a highly detailed 100-page short report was released. This report alleged several cases of possible fraudulent activities and self-serving transactions by the company's management and board, as well as irregularities in their accounting. Given these allegations, which conflicted with the fund manager's understanding of the company, the fund decided to reduce its risk exposure to the company whilst not completely liquidating its position. The fund manager also moved some capital into Tenet Healthcare, another healthcare company it was bullish on. Following the report, the fund embarked on an extensive investigation to verify the allegations, involving conversations with former RCM employees, executives, and healthcare experts. This led the fund to conclude that the short report's accusations were either incorrect or misrepresented. As such, it was reassured, and decided to reinvest in R1RCM. Despite this, the company's earnings report indicated that the short report had had an impact, with a small 1-2% to hit to EBITDA for the year as a result of the aforementioned bankrupt customer. However, the fund remains optimistic about R1RCM, expecting the shares to recover on the back of positivity returning back into the market and the company continued operational success, with free cash flow heading northward of $1 billion. 
The fund manager also dismisses the share price decline as merely a brief phase, expecting mounting investment demand as investors catch onto the falseness of the short report's claims, and considering the company's market leadership, double-digit revenue growth, and 50% compound annual growth rate in EBITDA over the past five years, the fund manager believes that the current 8x EBITDA valuation does not do justice to the company's prospects. And now let's jump straight to our second investment letter audio summary featured in this episode. Third quarter 2023. Written investment update by Alluvial Capital. Published on November 22, 2023. Short summary of the special investment investment update. Alluvial Capital's special update is based on the portfolio manager's blog post, which mentions three stocks, which in the portfolio manager's view are cheap. The blog post notes that the portfolio manager owns each of these companies on behalf of clients and could buy or sell these shares at any time. The blog post comes with a disclaimer and specifically notes that it is not a recommendation to buy these shares. The portfolio manager emphasizes that he strongly prefers low-profile, little-known companies doing something unexciting but essential. Alluvial Capital does not seem to require a rosy growth outlook, but in the absence of organic growth, a company has to have a plan to generate value through accretive acquisitions or aggressive return of capital. The portfolio manager seeks to select companies that are robust cash generators and have a few growth opportunities internal or external, but are valued as if they are intractably stagnant or in long-term decline. The blog post contains the investment merits of three companies, notably, Supremex Incorporated Ticker SXP Licked Corporation Ticker LICT and Monarch Cement. Ticker MCEM. The first company featured in Alluvial Capital's investment update. Supremex Incorporated Ticker SXP. Supremix Incorporated is a Canadian company that is engaged in the production of envelopes and packing materials. Its business operations expand into the U.S. and Canada. Even though the envelope sector is witnessing a long-term downfall, the firm continues to rake in substantial profits. The company smartly manages this decline by selectively acquiring envelope sector businesses and strategic purchases of packing product companies, aiming at 50% revenue and profits from the packing segment by the end of 2025. COVID-19 and its associated supply chain interruptions had a marked impact on Supremex. In 2021 and 2022 customers overbought, concerned with limited product availability. This, along with price hikes, allowed the company to score a record earning of $1.09 per share in 2022. However, as worries of supply chain eased off, customers found themselves overstocked and cut down their orders, thus impacting the company's profits. The pricing of the company's shares took a hit dropping by 50% from its 2023 peak. Supremex believes that the customer's process of reducing inventory is close to ending and the market is standardizing, which should boost revenue and earning in the months ahead. The company foresees recovery but at a slower pace, factoring in interest rate stress and persistent inflation. The company's shares are trading at just six times annualized to press the third quarter earning considering the stock market looks at the future earnings at the time of low business cycles and peak cycles. According to the company's CEO, the envelope business is beginning to recover from customer inventory reduction and they believe the worst of this phase is over. The CEO anticipates a growth in margins in the packing segment as demand increases. They also see a steady rise in EBITDA margins. Despite better future prospects indicated by the management, the investor market still seems doubtful of the company's potential, as evident by current valuations. The company's enterprise value to invested capital ratio is currently lower than it was five years ago. The CEO expects a rebound in packing volumes and a steady performance in envelopes by mid-2024, which would lead to an EBITDA of around $50 million, per share earnings of $0.75 and a free cash flow of $1.01 per share, Despite current low valuations, the company's shares seem underpriced. The company's management also concurs, and they believe the company's shares are enticing, and they have repurchased many shares this year. The second company featured in Alluvial Capital's investment update is Lick Corporation ticker LICT. 
The Portfolio Manager's Investment Letter includes a discussion on Lict Corp, an OTC-traded and non-SEC reporting company with a significantly high share price of $18,000 per unit, making it less appealing for small investors or those who leverage trading apps like Robinhood. Despite its high market price, the Portfolio Manager perceives Lict Corp as a prospective investment with exceptional value. Lickcorp consists of a network of local telecom companies in parts of the western and midwestern regions of the U.S. Traditionally, Lickt offered telephone services but is now increasingly providing broadband services due to significant investment in the replacement of copper wiring with high-speed fiber optic networks and investment in wireless communication technology. Mario Gabelli, a well-known value investor, holds a significant stake in Lickcorp and has influenced the company's strategic direction. He has avoided leveraging debt in the company but instead focused on driving value by reinvesting profit into share buybacks. This move has been unconventional in the telecom sector, yet has given the company's ample financial flexibility. The company's most recent strategy involved the partition of their Michigan assets into a new company called Mach 10. Despite many appealing features of Mach 10, Lick remains the portfolio manager's preferable investment, being considered reasonably valued. With a share price of $18,000, Lick Corp totals a market capitalization of $309 million. When factoring in their net debt of $21 million and the $4 million value of retained Mach 10 shares, the company's value comes to $311 million. Prior to spinning off Mach 10, Lick was on track to earn around $60 million EBITDA in 2023. Factoring in Mach 10's contribution, that figure is closer to $52.5 million. At this turn, the firm is valued with an EV to EBITDA ratio of 5.9 times, which the portfolio manager considers reasonable. The portfolio manager also points to a significant potential upside for the company. The federal subsidy programs under Enhanced ACAM, Alternative Connect America cost model are all set to add an additional $13 million to the company's annual revenue for the next 15 years, starting in 2024. These boosted revenues, which are unlikely to necessitate supplementary capital expenditure, will raise the company's EBITDA to around $65 million starting in 2024. This increase could add roughly $78 million to the company's equity value, or $4,500 per share. Overall, the portfolio manager is optimistic about Lick's performance in light of the enhanced ACAM scheme and other subsidies intended to facilitate broadband access, despite the company's lack of leverage and the reduced benefits seen with enhanced ACAM compared to the original plan, he expects to see significant improvements in the company's EBITDA and earnings profile beginning in 2024. The third and the last company profiled in Alluvial Capital's investment update is Monarch Cement, ticker MCEM listed on OTC markets. Monarch Cement presents a straightforward investment idea, Cement manufacturers are generally sound enterprises with noteworthy market barriers and potential to cultivate economic moats. Typical U.S. cement producers often trade around a mid-cycle EBITDA multiple of 10 times and sometimes even higher in acquisition scenarios. Monarch Cement is a reputable Kansas-based cement producer with a capacity that exceeds 1 million tons per annum. This company has been a family-owned business for over a century. It consistently demonstrates its commitment to shareholder value by repurchasing its stock, paying regular dividends, and persistently enhancing the technical capabilities and overall output of its plant. Despite its merit, Monarch Cement's shares trade at a significant discount when compared with the valuations of its peer group. This is mainly attributed to its small scale and the relatively lesser liquidity of its stock. Earlier in mid-November 2023, CRHPLC, a globally recognized cement manufacturer, announced its acquisition of cement assets in Texas. This purchase saw CRH pay Martin Marietta Materials a generous $2.1 billion for these assets, which translates into a 12.4 times EBITDA multiple of 2023 before any synergies. If Monarch Cement were to be sold at a similar multiple, it could potentially achieve a price per share range of $280 to $300. This potential price hike presents a stark contrast to its last trade price of $147.50.
while it's fairly uncertain whether Monarch Cement will be up for sale in the near future, it's worth noting that small-sized family-owned industrial businesses often assert that they are not for sale under any circumstance, only to be sold at a sizable premium unexpectedly, as witnessed with another cement producer, Ashgrove. Hence, it could be a worthy strategy to retain Monarch Cement holdings till such an event takes place, if it ever does. In conclusion, the portfolio manager observes that the market atmosphere has been quite negative for small-cap value stocks recently, and the trigger for a change in this state is unknown. Even so, the potential value these holdings offer is too great to be ignored amid the general indifference seen in the marketplace. This brings us to the end of the sixth episode of MostRocks.com VoiceCast. If you like our content, please subscribe to our audio summaries and VoiceCasts via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or any major podcast platforms. Please follow us at twitter.com slash mostrocksweekly and feel free to subscribe to our free weekly email updates at mostrocks.com. Mostrocks.com is an independent media project focused on publishing curated audio summaries of investment letters, reports and interviews by well-renowned investors and asset managers. We strive to deliver value to our subscribers and most processes are done manually with diligence and attention to detail. However, we cannot guarantee that our summaries and excerpts are 100% accurate complete. The readers are always recommended to refer to the original sources. None of MostRocks.com summaries or materials is an investment, legal or financial advice, and none of it is a recommendation for purchasing any securities.